0: Probably if they bought a shirt that was related to Bass fishing, and you had other bass fishing stuff. There's probably a good chance that they might be interested in that.
1: Hey there, welcome back to the Etsy Seller Podcast. I'm your host Cody McGuffey, and today is another fun episode. We get to have a friend of mine, my buddy Scott Volker, coming on for the second time on the show in the past. I think eight, nine months, and we get to talk about things that most people don't talk about: brand building, things that Etsy sellers are not doing that they should be doing, some about Etsy sellers that are doing things right and they're crushing it. It's so fun to have. Scott on because I get to personally learn so much from him. And an awesome side benefit to this is I get to share it with our community here at Everbee and actually share it with all of you guys absolutely for free it's just fun to just listen and ha- have a conversation about Etsy, about growth, about e-commerce, about brand building, asset building online. And we get to just kind of share it and talk about it. And then anybody listening to it can benefit from it. So I really hope that you enjoy it. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Everbee, by us. And we believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to pursue their passions and live life on their own terms. We believe in making e-commerce accessible to everyone in the world, no matter where they are, and using it to make a positive impact in, for our families, and for our communities. This is what we are about. Everybody is the Etsy business tool that someone should be using to grow their Etsy business if they're interested in growth. Literally help them find winning products and grow their sales and grow their views and grow all those things, those metrics that really, really matter in your business and really to your family. That's what we're about. If you ever wonder where your listings are ranking, you know, in Etsy search algorithm, our listing rank tracker will help you do that. It'll show you exactly where each listing is ranking, on which page, which number of rank, depending on the keyword that you're looking for. If you're ever wondering, if you're ever worried about that it's a trademark infringement it's a suspension due to an accidental trademark infringement a trademark monitor will actually scan all of your listings 100 of your listings for you automatically every single month and let you know if there are any potential trademark infringement concerns you should be thinking about with your listings so many more to come so many more features that we're continuing to build but really we're just grateful for the opportunity to give to our everbeat community because we have just a solid group of people they really, really care about their business and about the legacy they're trying to build for the family. So it's a tool that you guys need to be using for your business, sign up for free, everbe.io. Let's jump in. Scott, what's up, man?
0: Not much, man. I'm excited to uh, to get on here
1: and jam with you as I always do. It's, it's fun. Seriously, man. Same. Thank you for coming on again. For those of you who don't know, uh, this is Scott's second time on the podcast. And if you want to see the first one, I highly, highly recommend it. I'll link to the the first original video, you know, in the show notes. But um, Scott, what's, uh, how, how are things going, man? How are you?
0: I'm doing well, man. Uh, I'm doing really good. And I just, I love the Etsy community, as you know, and it was, you know, you that kind of got me interested or, you know, kind of poking me to say, hey, Scott, you know, you're an educator, you've been doing this for years on other platforms, teaching people how to use a platform, but also how to build brands. And I think you should get into it. I think the, you know, the the community needs what you have to offer. And it's kind of like, really, you really think so? And you're like, no, they they do. And so I'm really passionate about what you and I are going to dig into today, because I think it's important. uh, And I don't think there's a right or a wrong, but I think that there's definitely something that needs to be discussed for people that are getting into the, the Etsy world, but also what they should understand about business. Right. And that's kind of where I want to go with it as far as like, you know, like when people are getting started, it's one, it's one thing to say like, yes, get started on Etsy and make some money. But wouldn't you want to build something that isn't reliant on just one thing that could disappear? I mean, it's kind of like just setting up a garage sale and then, you know, you kind of put it together and you put whatever you have out in your yard or in your garage and you open up shop. But then what if the, uh, you know, your HOA says you can't have garage sales, man, you got to stop, you know? So that's kind of what I'm, how how do we hedge against that?
1: You know, and I just think people need to be aware of it. I totally agree with that. And yeah, I think you have so much value to, to add here because you've done it in the past. Um, and to briefly touch on what you've done in the past, you've built multiple brands. Um, yep. originally where, where I started following you, we talked about this in the last episode too, but it's for, for those of you who haven't listened to that yet is like, you talked about this in Amazon FBA, and then you've kind of moved, you also talked about it into Shopify and yep. general business stuff. But basically what we're talking about today is brand building and building actual brand and how you can kind of head yourself against any potential risks of a specific platform. Etsy, Mm -hmm. uh, as as you mentioned, is like, it's an awesome platform, super, super affordable to get onto, super, super user-friendly. A lot of buyers are obviously coming to the platform. It drives a bunch of traffic, brings you a bunch of traffic to your new listings. It gets you started. Uh, In fact, actually, you could actually be really successful on Etsy and continue to have an Etsy Etsy, Etsy shop, and do really well sustainably on there too. However, just because that's true doesn't mean that you shouldn't be also thinking about the longer term play here, right? And, and where you actually want to take your your business, uh, rather than just taking Etsy shop, like where you actually want to take your business in your life, Um, is that aligned with kind of what you were thinking where you want to go today? I
0: think yeah, it, it's one hundred percent. But I think the question needs to be asked to whoever is getting started is like, what is your goal? And if your goal is to just totally keep it a side hustle and totally keep it where, you know what, I might make a couple hundred bucks, 500 bucks, thousand bucks even, and I just want to do it all on Etsy, totally fine. My only thing is, is if that is something that you are now relying on and depending on, you should probably protect yourself against something happening to that revenue stream or the energy that you've put into putting up 500 listings right i love it because what i'm talking about is like you doing something and not even knowing what you did in some cases and then etsy just saying sorry going to turn the lights out you're no longer able to sell here we've had whatever someone file a claim against one of your designs and we're shutting you down or we're going to put you in you know yeah. suspension mode for 30 days 60 days and then you're trying to go through this support the support and all of that stuff that that that's really all that i'm saying like i have no problem with people getting started and just saying like, I just want this thing to like, if I make a few hundred bucks, I make a few hundred bucks, no big deal. It's kind of like jumping on eBay and selling some stuff and that's fine. But if your goal is to actually turn this into something that will replace your nine to five, then you need to start thinking about it like a business, not just like you're now doing a side hustle.
1: You know, man, you hit it. I think. So let's talk, uh, I agree with you. There's two different types of people there, two different types of goals. Yeah. Um, the first one you kind of hit on and that's fine. Uh, this episode is probably more for the, the latter or the next one, which is yeah. somebody that's extremely motivated to actually make a meaningful change in their life. And that's really who Everby's customers really are, everybody's users are and our audience really is, is people that actually want to pursue their passions, live life on their own terms. What does that mean? It means having location freedom time, freedom, financial freedom. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and if that's, if we know that that's the goal in, then let's talk about that. Like, cause the person that's listening to this right now, they're, they're Mm -hmm. probably a new, a newer entrepreneur, um, that wants to build something and, they don't really know what their goals are fully, but they just know that they don't really love the way that their life is currently, their financial situation, meaning that they probably have sure. a full-time job nine to five. They're probably listening to this on their lunch break or maybe on the way home or way there to go to work. Right. And they have this dream of like living life on their own terms. And they don't really know how to do that. And that's why they're tuning in today to talk, you know, listen to us. And yeah, it's yeah. it's cool. I mean, because we're going to kind of map out some things that they can be thinking about to kind of actually make that dream totally. a reality.
0: Yeah. I, do I think, it. yeah, I I think the biggest thing, like I said, <laughs> is to just in the very beginning, when you are starting, like if you are at the beginning stage or you did already launch your shop, it's not too late to like start thinking really? about yeah. this stuff. Uh, and the way that I look at it, and I always talk about like, I think people should choose a market, right? A niche. And they should, you know, start to build products for that customer. And there's a lot of different reasons why, but one of the main reasons why is number one, when you are now creating a product for that one individual, if you went to business school, the thing that they're going to probably start to talk to you about is like repeat customers. Mm -hmm. And if you can have someone buy something once and then buy something again of the same thing or of something else that's aligned with that. I mean, we see it all the time, right? Frequently bought together on Amazon all the time. Etsy even has their their way of saying like, you might also be interested in this kind of stuff, right? So it's, if you have that stuff, think about this. Would you rather sell more to the same customer because it's easier by the way, than to go have to find new customers all the time? So to me, every time you get a customer, you should feel good about it if you're building a brand of, you know, related products and you're serving that one niche. If that is the case, you should, every time you get a customer, you're like, I just built my asset to be more valuable, right? Because mm-hmm. now, and, and Etsy allows us to do this now, by the way, too, they allow us to collect emails, which they didn't used to do. And now they're connecting with, uh, you know, there's a service called a Weber. I know that there's uh, and I shouldn't say too much, but there's some, some talks about Everbee and stuff, right? We'll just leave mm-hmm. it at that. That's but right. there, There's some, There's power in collecting that email and Etsy allowing us now to be able to do it. And if the way I always look at it is like, if you sell, if you have a, an Etsy shop, that's got like just a barrage of products, you know, just all different areas. It's kind of like, imagine walking in to, um, uh, maybe it's a vacation shop and maybe you're in, uh, Myrtle beach and you're, you're, you're in the strip and you go into one of the t-shirt shops and you just, we've all been to those. Right. Someone's going to buy a shirt, but does that mean if you send them an email a month from now, they're going to be like into another shirt, maybe, but probably if they bought a shirt that was related to bass fishing and you had other bass fishing stuff, there's probably a good chance that they might be interested in that. So the way I always look at it is like, I'm always thinking about how can I build my brand from every customer or every person that favorites something or someone that adds something to a cart. Like all of those things are signals that I am attracting this one type of customer and I have the chance to sell them something today, tomorrow, and into the future. And I can also increase the value of my cart because now if I have that bass fishing shirt, I might also have a bass fishing tumbler and a bass fishing, I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe it's a tackle box, like whatever, right? Like there's all of these other things that I could sell that person. So wouldn't you rather take that one person and increase the value to that person with a sale. Like, can we? So walk that's through how an, I see
1: it. I love it. I love it. Can we walk through an example of this? So, you, you mentioned bass fishing, right? So, yeah. walk us through. Listen, in real life, um, some you have a you have a bass fishing, I guess, brand, right? Let's yep. call it bass fishing shop, I guess. What do you want to call it? Yeah. Um, and you know, you have a customer on Etsy comes and buys from you. They see a shirt that says bass fishing on it, or something like that, mm-hmm. or I love catching bass. Right. And someone comes and buys it. And then when they're in your shop, they're kind of like poking around. They add this one to cart and they're just like, oh, look, look at this. Like you already know that they're interested in bass fishing. So yeah. now they have this tumbler, they have this hat here and they also have some, like some sweatpants that also have bass fishing on it too. And they just like poke around. Maybe they buy, maybe, buy, maybe they buy something else. And they add two things to cart. You automatically just added, you would have just originally had one customer if you were like a general shop, but because you were a bash fishing shop targeting that niche, you just got two products sold by that same customer. Beautiful, right? And this increases your average order value, your AOV. So instead of selling a $20 item and making, let's say 50% margins, that means you made, you know, 10 10 bucks. You just got a $40 order and you just got 50% margin and that's $20 profit on that one Mm -hmm. customer. And the cool thing about this is that when you go to scale, you know, you're going to let's, let's say scale the shop, meaning like you want to spend some ad dollars in this thing. And you go mm-hmm. to Etsy ads and you turn on ads for these products. You could now spend the first, if you were only at a, a general shop, you would only have the ability to spend $10 in order to mm-hmm. break even on that customer for Mark coming in, this guy named Mark buying that shirt. But because you get two orders, usually now yep. you have $20 profit it means you, Yeah. That means you could spend up to $20 in ad spend in order to break even on, you could be so much more aggressive with this strategy. I mean, am I saying kind of what you agreed?
0: I mean, you know that as well as I do,
1: right? It's like
0: if, the person that wins in business generally is the one that can spend the most money to acquire a customer, right? Or you have the most reach, which we'll talk a little bit about because I'm kind of going a little crazy here these days with YouTube, and I'm gonna get—I'll give you guys an example of a guy that's crushing it on YouTube, but he's crushing it on Etsy because of YouTube. I saw that um, video doing over four hundred thousand dollars on a yeah, digital yeah. product, by the way. All right, so we'll, we'll fill people in on that here shortly. Don't let me forget. But basically like you just said, that's like a little bit advanced, right? But if you're thinking about it right now, you don't have to think to yourself, like I have to have that stuff all figured out. All I mm-hmm. would advise, like if we were sitting down and we were having a cup of coffee or a beer and you're like, hey, what's your thoughts on this? I'd be like, build your Etsy shop. Yes, start on Etsy because it's very easy to get started. You can tap in, you can test you know, new products and all this stuff. But I would be targeting a niche of, of one kind. And that doesn't mean it has to be like, like we said, bass fishing, maybe it's just fishing or maybe it's sports and outdoors. That way we can introduce hunting. We can introduce, um, bass fishing and fly fishing and all the other fishing out there, right? All the different types Mm -hmm. of hunting, maybe mountain climbing we can do, right? All of the stuff that would relate to sports and outdoors. So this way that opens up all of that other stuff. gives you the options, the optionality
1: to go different, different directions. You you have the options. yeah, Yeah.
0: We call them sub niches, shoulder niches, like whatever, but but basically that allows you to kind of broaden out the reach versus just being so narrow. But getting started being narrow is actually a good thing. But if at least you have the, the vision and the game plan that that's what you're starting with, even though you might not ever start to build your email list right away, which I think you should do like right out of the gate. You might not build your website yet, but you probably should eventually. So you're not dependent on making all your sales on Etsy. You should probably start maybe a YouTube channel. So you start to diversify your traffic or maybe go on out there and find influencers that are related to your niche that you can maybe do a sponsorship with, right? All of those things are things to be thinking about because we started on the right track, right? Now I think building a brand gets kind of confusing to some people or they, it gets um, misunderstood, uh, I saw a video, uh, just recently, um, from someone that does teach some stuff on Etsy. I won't mention any names. I like the guy by the way, but, uh, he was, I think, I think the title of the video was like something like don't focus on a brand, but what he was more or less saying was in the beginning, don't yeah. worry about building your brand, but you definitely, you definitely want to build your products, focusing a niche, but he was referring to a brand as like brand colors and your logo sure. and this and that. I agree. Like, don't get all caught up in that. Don't spend months coming up with a banner and your graphics and all that stuff. But you do want to start with a category that is focusing on one type of person. Like if you're in the wedding niche, big, big niche, pick the one that is something that you could focus on, something that you uh, are interested in, maybe something that you, you might be good at. Maybe it is uh, bridal parties. Uh, maybe it's groomsmen, like maybe something like that, but then you can broaden it out and get, you know, wider. In, in the wedding niche, but this way here, you're also building something that eventually you could build all those other areas out. And now you've built sure. a brand that you can eventually sell, which you can't sell an Etsy shop, by the way, at least right now. Um, which is, you know, think about that. You can sell an Amazon brand. I've done it. Okay. You mm-hmm. can do that. You can't sell an Etsy shop, which I don't know why they won't let you transfer your credentials and let you sell it. They just will not let you do it. Now, do you own the designs and the products and you can export the listings and put it over on a Shopify store? You totally can do that, which you should, but you can't sell the entity of an Etsy shop right now, which is kind of crazy, right? Put
1: all this time and energy. I know. Yeah. I don't know. It might change. I wonder. Um, I mean, because eventually it it's does. actually better for me too. It's better for actually people to build an actual asset that, you know, they actually spend a lot of their yeah. time and energy on their whole life on, um, right. may as well have the given the ability to essentially transfer it if they want to, right. For a, totally. a dollar amount. Um, right. Separate, that's separate, I guess, but yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Like, so let's give some practical thoughts here. Right. So they they choose a niche, right. And let's, mm-hmm. they, they decide to go into sell to the fishing market, right? Anybody that loves fishing comes to my shop. How should someone be thinking about this right now? Let's say they have less than a hundred sales, right? So they're at the pretty Mm -hmm. beginning stage of their e-commerce journey. How should they be thinking about this brand thing that you're talking about, this vision thing that you're talking about? What do you think Mm -hmm. the next steps should be? The next steps should be looking at products that have demand
0: and that's where your tool comes in, right? That's why you need to be using a tool like Everbee, so you're not guessing. And I would look at products that are getting good demand and I say good demand, good demand could be for you. It could be 30 sales a month, one sale a day. It could be, you want 60 sales a month, two sales a day, like whatever it is. But the more demand that you have across that product or that design style, the greater chance that you have of getting to your hundred sales. Right. But if you're, I, I hear people all the time, like, yeah, I've got all these products up, but I'm not getting any sales. I'm barely getting any views. That's because no one's searching for it right now. Right. Maybe it's a seasonal product. Maybe it's a product that's only being purchased uh, around, you know, I don't know, uh, 4th of July or whatever. Right. Like m- maybe that's it. You know, maybe you hit the, you missed the mark there. So I would be looking at the very first thing is, is like, if I'm going to take my time and focus on products, I want to know that there's a potential that this could sell tomorrow. Um, not just guessing. So that's the first step is getting products that have high demand. I say high demand, good enough demand to where it's going to hit your numbers. Cause everybody's numbers are different. And that's where I would start. Once I did that, then I would immediately start running Etsy ads immediately. Okay. Right. And that's another thing that a lot of people don't look at this as a business is they're like, well, I won't spend money on ads until I start getting sales. It's totally uh, counterintuitive. Like in order to get sales, you need to force sales. It's just the way it is. You need to, it's the same with Amazon. The way to get recognized by the algorithm is to get sales. That's what Etsy is looking at. They're like, this listing has been live for 30 days and it has no sales. Why are we going to promote this? But if it it, sees sales being generated through that listing, it's going to now index it and it's going to push it because it's showing a good conversion rate. So that's again, a little mind shift for a lot of people. They don't understand that. That's why I'm trying to reach as many people with this message as possible Cody, yeah. and you know that I'm like big on this and I'm passionate about it because I don't want to see someone get led down the road and then they go, wait a minute. I didn't know that you couldn't sell an Etsy shop. I didn't know that um, I should be focusing on you know, like a, a niche and, and you know, focusing on, yep. you know, a market and and thinking more long-term. I want those people to, to understand that this is how you build a real business, no matter what platform you're starting with. To me, Etsy is uh, it's a way to get in really, really easily. Right. Yep. And so, To answer your question, find products that are within demand, start running some Etsy ads, forcing the sales. And again, this is going to tell you I'm getting impressions. Okay. So there's definitely people searching for this. Why aren't they clicking? Well, now we got to look at, are the images okay? Is the title okay? Now we got to look at conversion mechanisms. Again, this is business talk. This is like marketing. Um, Mm -hmm. and then from there, once you start getting sales, guess what? You're going to start building the email list. That's That's going to start happening in the background. So I would get that connected within your Etsy account, start building that email list. And then the other thing is that a lot of people don't do too, is in the beginning, if you're running ads, or even if you're not running ads, I'd start running a sale. I'd start running a sale on your products. If you're running Etsy ads, right, right away, the first thing that people are going to think is, well, I'm already spending money to get a sale. I don't want to, I don't want to lose money. I want to make money. Well, it's like, well, okay. In the beginning, you might need to advertise and make no money. Like how many people do a grand opening for a brick and mortar and they go in the negative because they're just trying to bring awareness to their new bank or whatever, right? Like it's, or their new boutique, right? They're doing it to get attention. So we have to switch it in the very beginning. I remember my first business that I start, well, my first Amazon, you know, on Amazon business that we ended up eventually selling, uh, my first product, I, I spent $5,000 to get a thousand units. So five bucks a piece. And from there, I ran a promotion. There used to be a place called, or a, a, a service called Zonblast. Do you remember that, Cody? No I, don't. No, I don't. no, I don't. Zonblast was where they would collect emails from people that wanted to get deals on Amazon stuff. I think I, I remember all services that they did. like that. Mm-hmm. So I basically spent, okay, $1,000 for them to run an email to their list of people that wanted to get a deal. And then I ran a 50% off deal, which I made no money. And I made, I think we sold like maybe 200, 250 units because that's all I wanted to sell because I said, I'll do 200, 250 units. So I lost money. But what that did was it shot me up in the rankings. And then that went on to do $300,000. So that's the difference, right? It's mindset. And it's like, if you're getting into this thing and you're just, again, I hate to say it, but like penny pinching, it's like, I don't want to spend any money. It's hard to start a business. If you don't spend any money, you got to spend some money to kind of grease the wheels.
1: I almost think that this. you're right. It's like, it's a mindset thing. I've actually talked to a lot of, a lot of sellers and, um, some are crushing it. Some are brand new, nothing. Right. And they're usually like, yeah, Oh, I spent, you know, $20 on Etsy ads and haven't made any money. And it's like, my, my methodology is typically set aside a chunk of money into a, into an account, a business account, ideally a business checking account. And this is your startup money. This is it, right? Use it and grow it. And, Rather than if it's in your personal checking account, it's almost like you feel like it's a cost and you feel like it's just sucking out your personal like livelihood and you're taking it from like your spouse and like your kids and like, you're just sacrificing like everybody's life because you have this Etsy dream or this dream of having an e-commerce store versus taking it, like making a nice decision and actually taking a thousand bucks, putting into a business checking account. Hey, and let's start this business, you know? Mm -hmm. And you use it, ideally you grow it. Now let's say you don't grow it. Okay, make a thoughtful decision again. To maybe take another thousand and try it again, right? Because you might not be successful the first time. You, you have a five thousand dollars loss story. I have a like a nine thousand dollars loss story for my first Amazon FBA um, F, FBA product flopped fully, also. And but it's cool because you kind of just you learn a whole bunch and you, you get to try again. Um well, it's as long like, as you're it it's for a long run.
0: It's like we always talk, though. It's like about college, like you go through college, depending on where you go and you spend 100 grand and you don't walk out with any money. You're in the negative. You're in debt. And then you got to go make money. But people are conditioned that that's OK. But mm-hmm. to spend five hundred dollars on your startup on Etsy is like, oh, boy, you're like, what are we doing here? We're, we're going crazy. No, you're getting an education too think about that. Five hundred is like education, like that's pretend right. like you're not going to make any money. Right, you're just going to get educated. You're going to learn how to list something. You're going to learn how to do product research. You're going to learn how to do images. You're going to learn how to do Etsy ads. All that stuff. It's an education that you're paying for in a sense, but you have a chance to build something that could turn into something really, really big. And by the way, that five thousand dollars story wasn't a loss. By the way, that was actually yeah, a positive a for me because right. yeah, it turned out to be a win. Right? I but I, too, but I put yeah. five grand. I put five grand on the line. And then I put another thousand dollars on the line with the service that I did. So I had six grand in, but I ended up selling the other 700 ish, you know, units and selling through them and Not then a, reordering another 2000 units. Right. Interesting. Okay, and then cool. that went on, Mine was, like I said, to kind of,
1: yeah. 300,000 for you. It went on to actually do 300,000 plus for you. Yeah. It so. did over
0: three, it did three over 300 grand. Um, In in that one product. And that also led me to the next product in that brand. brand. And then the next product in that brand. And then it also allowed me to start the brand that we, that we originally, um, a neighbor and a neighbor of mine and I went in on a business together on a brand. And I took what my lessons I learned there, applied it to that. And that's where we built out our website, our email list, uh, social media, uh, platforms and we had a suite of probably 20, 25 products, and we ended up selling that business. We did over seven figures with that business
1: because of what I learned in the first part. That's right. It's so cool, Scott. Um, I pinch myself about this stuff because it all compounds. Like everything, if you if you look at it like this, like very like longer, a yeah. little bit longer view, like you zoom out for a second rather than just making like, oh, I need to make ten thousand dollars, I need to make a hundred dollars or a hundred sales in the next like three months. Like Okay. Yes. That's great to have those goals, but like zoom out for a second. Yeah. Like, where do you want to be in five years? Right. And if you look at it this way from this lens, man, you could actually get really excited about where you're actually transitioning your entire life because all every single thing that you do, whether it's a failure or success, it all compounds into the next thing and the mm-hmm. next thing and then pretty soon you do three hundred thousand on on amazon like you did and then pretty soon you are doing a business you know you do multi-million dollar business on on amazon mm-hmm. with your neighbor and then pretty soon right. you're turning into youtube talking about e-commerce and pretty soon you're like yep. you're teaching people for free and like they're making a bunch of money from your knowledge and pretty soon like i don't know it's it's so cool how it all kind of it is expands. it's a ripple effect right
0: right it really is a ripple effect and it's crazy i mean i I should pull that up on my phone at at some point. Maybe I could share it. But basically, I have a text message from a guy that came to one of my first in-person little workshops that I did years ago, probably seven years ago right now. And he hadn't even launched yet on Amazon. And I think it was three or four years later um, after that event. He was a listener of my podcast, everything, right? And I'm just teaching at this point. And that was a paid event. But all my other stuff on the podcast was free. He ended up doing over $20 million on his Amazon business. Amazing. Now I've gotten several of those stories. I got a whole wall behind me of all these thank you notes and everything of people that Mm -hmm. have sent me screenshots and sent me things, right? And I'm not saying that to brag, but I'm saying like, it's the the, the ripple effect of like, if I didn't start that part of the Amazon side of it and start my podcast and then start teaching and then start YouTube and then start all these other things, like I wouldn't have built the successful brand creators, brand, you know what I mean? Now that I'm still building, right. I'm still building, I'm still learning. And now I'm getting it back into YouTube and like all of these things. And I I just think that you have to understand it's a journey, you know, it's a, it's a marathon. I know we've all heard that it's not a, Mm -hmm. it's not a sprint. Um, and, and just, you you do have to kind of like fall in love with the process. I mean, we've heard that before too, right? It's fall in love with the process and just each little hill you climb is just a little bit, a little bit closer. And then you might fall down a cliff, right? And then you got to get back down right. and get back up. Right. But you learned when you were climbing that, that first cliff. So
1: I love that. My let me, in, let me share this last thing here. Real quick, actually with that, my coaching college, you said like, love the process. I played college football and he always said this, he said, you just gotta like, we we're in the middle of training camp, right? Two days. And like, it's just nasty, yeah. right? Like, and, um, and it just, we always echoed the same thing. It's like, love the grind, just like fall in love with the grind, you know, and just like 100%. fall in love with this process. And it, pretty soon you start to see this magical thing about this, this journey that you're on about creating listings on Etsy and like, you know, not having any sales. And it's like, cool. Like that means I'm ne- this, this much closer to the next one. Um, so I, I want to mention that, but yeah, jump into the next thing, the practical advice on the brand stuff. Let's go back to Etsy brand.
0: Yeah, well, what I was gonna share was that one story. Like, what I'm most excited about, like right now, because I got back into the YouTube game, and you know that, right? And like, things are really going well. But I'm also seeing like other people that have done a great job with YouTube that now are leveraging that audience, and then they're using Etsy as a platform to sell their products, and they're crushing, right? And so I I shared an example, and so I just want to give people something to think about, like. Again, that's why like people say like, oh, you don't, it doesn't have to be a passion of yours or anything, but it helps, right? It helps. helps. So this guy, Matthew Peach is his name. And, uh, he, uh, he, he runs a YouTube channel. He started about two years ago. That's on woodworking. So he does woodworking projects. He shows people how to like make things from Hobby Lobby and like all of these different places. And he, he's, I think he's got like 300,000 subscribers, but he's like got some videos that got a couple million views. He's got some that got four or 500,000, but he sells Plans that he creates digitally on Etsy, and I calculated it using the tool Everbee, and uh, does over four hundred thousand dollars a year in digital plans. And here's the other crazy thing: is he's not even discounting his products. He's just keeping them at 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Not even like 14.95, you know, like the little marketing yeah, trick like he go yeah, under a little yeah, bit yeah. makes it seem like it's a little less. Right? He doesn't off, do any yeah. of that stuff. He's like 10 bucks, 15, 20. That's what it is, right? And he's crushing. If you go into his store right now, you'll see it's like 20 plus people in cart, 20 plus people in cart, 20 plus people in cart. Then you look at the numbers, you're like, "Oh my gosh." Like, and it's all digital. And so if you go into his, his, uh, video, you'll see in the description, it'll have all the, all the links to the, the, the plans that he's mentioning in that video. So it's just crazy. And then all of the amazing. tools that he's using t- talk about diversifying your income. Now, all the tools that he's using in that is all Amazon affiliate links. So he's got that thing. And then he's making money on the ad revenue on the YouTube side of things. Right? Yep. So he's gotta be doing over $500,000 a year, right? Yep. From something that he's doing something he enjoys. He's focusing on a niche. It's woodworkers. He shows up there, does one video a week, and it drives everything. Everything. So I love that. If you were just doing like random shirts, would you be able to do that? Probably not. Right. Like, here's my funny shirt of the week. Isn't this cool? Like,
1: you know, like it it just wouldn't work the same. I mean, unless you kind of targeted like a specific type of it doesn't have to be shirts. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be sure it to be multi-products though, right? they they become like woodworkers, right? For example, like he's targeting woodworkers. That's his audience. That's his, his passionate hobbyists that are watching his stuff. And he could sell not only designs, by the way, he could probably sell some funny shirts, actually.
0: <laughs> he, he could actually probably sell them.
1: some. Okay. Yeah. yeah he I mean, has he could, them, but he, he
0: doesn't sell them on Etsy. He sells them on his, uh, on his links below the, the YouTube thing. I think it's through like, I don't think it's Teespring. It might be one of them though, but it's a it's one that actually connects to YouTube where you can put the little bar below it that shows all your items, all your merch. So he's got some shirts under there too. So he's leveraging that. He's just not selling those shirts on Etsy.
1: Interesting. Great. So the cool thing about this and and uh, is is really that Etsy is his platform that he's using. And he Etsy drives traffic most of the time, but he's not really relying. I'm sure Etsy's giving him traffic now at this oh, point. Oh, absolutely. So, Like, but he doesn't rely on it necessarily. He doesn't have to rely on it. He probably did for a little Mm -hmm. bit until he got his YouTube channel Mm kind of cranking a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more, and pretty soon they kind of work together because the more sales that he feeds his Etsy listings, the more Etsy is going to like push his push his listings because it has sales velocity. And probably Mm -hmm. if you type in woodworker woodworking designs, he'll probably show up
0: first. He's gonna show up.
1: Yeah, dominant. Yeah, he's dominating. Um, yeah, really cool. It, again, kind of going back to the, the compounding, the ripple effects type of theme that we're talking about actually mm-hmm. is it all feeds each other.
0: And here's the other thing, like all those people that purchased, right, whether they were from Etsy or not, those are all probably being collected on an email list. And then from there, if he has a new woodworking plan, he can send an email to that list and sell hundreds probably in a matter of like an hour or two. Can, okay. we, can we talk What's that about that for the algorithm?
1: Yes. Let's talk about that. Let's dive in there for a second. Let's say you did have a, an email list of, let's say, a thousand people. Okay. Yep. And it was targeted for a niche. Let's say Let's say fishing niche. Let's use that same example. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have an email list of a thousand people that you know are interested in fishing. And mm-hmm. let's say you're an Etsy fishing shop and you just created a new listing on your Etsy store. Okay. And it's a shirt and it's a funny, funny, clever fishing shirt okay yep right now you publish it to Etsy right now the chances are that that thing's going to get ranked are like we know we all know we've all launched new listings on Etsy it's probably slim to none right why would they rank you it's a brand new product it has no sales no history maybe if it's really really creative and it gets a lot of gets lucky you might get ranked but can you force this ranking and if mm-hmm. so what's the best way to potentially do that if you have a thousand people email list what would you do I would do
0: a four day promotion and I would start it. I would discount it. And I would say, I'm giving it to those people for a discount. I would send an email that would announce it. Then I would send another email the next day, reminding them of what just happened the day before. Then I would send them one on the third day and saying, Hey, tomorrow this ends. And then on the last day, I would say ending tonight Four emails and I would discount it and I would blow that thing up like that. That's what I would do. It's literally, that is the process for doing a product launch as we call it.
1: I love that, and yeah. I think so many people right now are listening to this, and they've never done product launches. You come from the Amazon world, uh, mm-hmm. I come from the Amazon world too. Product launches are like things that people talk about all the time, right? Like it's the it's the key to the key ingredient to to being successful on Amazon FBA. Etsy people are making it without product launches, by the way, it's super cool. Sure, but sure. you could also do it really really well with product launches, and no right. one really talks about this a whole lot because it's really not known in the Etsy community actually to take this strategy to Etsy.
0: Here, here's the other thing that happens too when you have a, a shop that's like, that's like focused on one niche is like when people favorite your shop or, or interact with the shop and you go ahead and you put a new listing up, guess what happens? People are going to get a notification that you just have uploaded a new product
1: mm.
0: and now it's available, right? So you're going to get alerted because you showed, because you, you kind of favorited it in a sense, you hearted it, right? You, you favorited that shop or that listing, uh, or something in that shop, you're going to get notified. The other thing is, is if, um, let's say for instance, you are going to run a sale and you have people that all favorited your shop or follow your shop, they're going to get a notification from Etsy in their little news feed there or their little, your little notifications feed that they're running a sale. So there's all of these other things that happen, but if you just sold a random shirt to someone that's you know, a one-off that's not going to be as effective as if it's something that someone would want to buy again or someone that might want to buy one for someone or whatever, right? Like, yep. so there's all of that stuff that goes into it, but it all really does come down to like trying to think bigger picture and to think about like if I was to build a a business that's focused around this particular market, what would it look like? And what products would they sell? And that's why product research in the very beginning, you're really doing the niche research. You're going to see like what products have good demand. And also what could you see potentially getting, you know, more traffic, maybe on YouTube or maybe on a blog or maybe on an email list or anything like that. So we're thinking a little bit more of like longer term and also
1: more congruency. I love that. And I think it, what it forces us to do is is it, force, it forces us as a business owner to be selfless, uh, meaning we think about, it forces us to think about the actual customer that we want to serve versus just how, yeah. s- how to serve ourselves. Right. I yep. want to make $10,000 a month. Okay. Like that's kind of a selfish thing. Right. I mean, it's fine to be selfish in, in that way, but it's like, okay, well, how are you going to get that 10,000 a month? Right. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to help this specific niche with this specific problems or provide this type of specific products that they like, that they enjoy. And when I serve them, I get rewarded. This is how economy works, right? When I serve them well, they will trade me the thing, their money for my product, and I will hopefully right. make a margin. And I just, yeah. as soon as I do that one time, I just repeat that and repeat it again and repeat it again and repeat it again. And pretty soon I have $10,000 a month plus. Um, I think it for, when we talk about niches, it forces us to like think about our customer more. Mm -hmm. right there's this thing in like the startup world or uh software world but probably all business world it's like more be more obsessed with the problem than you are obsessed with the solution because we Mm -hmm. all are getting excited about this product that we have and it's so cool and it's so amazing but it's like does anybody really need it does anybody want it Mm -hmm. you know and like let's let's worry about the problem first let's worry about the the customer first before we start trying Mm -hmm. to force our stuff down their throat uh Anyway, absolutely. Kind of a rant.
0: Yeah. And I, I think it comes down to, too, like, a, you know, Etsy is a gift giving platform, too. So it's a little bit different, right? It's like someone might not be the fisherman that's buying the fisherman's shirt, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously they're married to a fisherman or they have a dad that's a fisherman, right? So anytime right. something comes, you know, comes up with that topic, it's going to pique their interest because they already showed that they were interested. So I think anytime that we can also think about that, like a good gift giving, That would be given to someone that someone would that they care about. That's also it's not a problem, but it is a problem because you solve their problem of what to get dad or what to get the husband, right? Because how many times? I mean, even to this day, I've been married almost what twenty nine years. Yeah, crazy. And every time it's like my wife's birthday or a special thing, I'm like, what, what, what can I get her? I mean, I've been married so long, I've gotten her pretty much everything I can think of, and. I don't know, honey, you want to just go on a vacation and we'll just call that our gift (laughs) to each other. Sure. Sounds good. Let's do that. So that's kind of what it usually ends up. Uh, But you you know what I'm saying? Like that is a problem because if someone came to me and says, this is an awesome gift for for your wife, they, she would love it. And I'm like, perfect. Um, I'll give you an example. Like I buy my father salmon for his birthday for Christmas. There's all that, that Alaskan um, where they catch Mm -hmm. it and they ship it to your door and all that. He loves it. So I, I said to my dad, I go, well, that's what you're going to be getting for birthday. That's what you're going to be getting for this. It's not for me. I, I, I do like salmon by the way, but I just get it at the local, local store, but he, mm-hmm. he loves it. Right. He gets it. It comes frozen. It's kind of an experience. You know, they, they give you a video of like how they were out there to out in the sea and all, all this stuff. Right. So I'm a customer now I'm going to keep buying mm-hmm. as a gift for him.
1: And you're so, repeating and you're repeating. And I'm a repeat.
0: Yeah. About $125 yeah. for a small box right? But I buy yep. it. It's my dad, you know, and he loves
1: it. He gets so excited when he gets it. We talked a little bit about vision. Um, and there's somebody listening to this right now. A lot of people listening to this right now that don't really know what that means. Vision is kind of like one of those things. It's kind of complicated and, and it's, it's subjective. What is a good vision for them to kind of start with? Meaning like they're an Etsy shop, they, they own their shop. Maybe they got 50 sales, hundred sales. What's the, what's kind of potential do they have now that they have these hundred sales? They figured something out, right? Where should, what's a good, like foundational vision that they should have for if they, if they're really all in on this e-commerce thing and they already have a niche, by the way, let's just say they have a niche. What, where can they take this thing?
0: Yeah, I would say, I mean, the very first thing is, is like, just keep serving that niche with products that are in demand and that they would, that they would like, Right. Like, so to me, it's all about just keep serving them, keep showing up, keep, uh, maybe even if you have your email list, ask them, right. Like hmm. maybe here's three ideas I've had for creating a new design for this or whatever, or, uh, you know, something along the lines of letting them get involved. But I would say anything that you can do to really serve the market more. Right. And part of it could be, again, like you said, customer service, like that's something that is undervalued in my opinion, like people don't realize that the things that aren't scalable are the things that you should be doing. Mm. And a lot of that is, is like, you know, messaging people back on your phone, whatever, right? It's a grind. But if you do that, you stand out. And then that also creates a loyal, a loyal customer.
1: Sure. You know, and you also so, can automate that. You could automate those things later on, right? Like maybe you don't have the sales to really justify paying a VA to, to do those things right now, but like you could get yep. there. If you have some vision. Like you're thinking like, Oh, you if could. I just 10 X, I got a pause and, for
0: a minute. I got a phone call, man. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's my yeah, guy. Yeah, it's my guy. You'll have to cut this out.
1: It's all good.
0: <laughs> or you can leave it out. I'm getting
1: mulch. Hello. I was going to stop it, but I don't want to stop it. For yeah. That. You hear
0: Okay. All right. Perfect. That'll work out. Great. Thanks. All right. Bye. Now he ain't gonna be here for 25 minutes.
1: <laughs> oh, nice. We'll, we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up in 10, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 40 minutes. Okay. we got to pause. Uh, what were we saying with that? Oh, vision. Okay. Yeah. So I think all, with that, you know, that's, that's great. And I think also people are listening to this and they don't really know, they don't really know how to look at Etsy. So some people that came here because they're like i want to have an etsy shop and i want to be an etsy seller su- successful that's great now i guess where i would probably challenge them to think and maybe kind of step back and say that's great to be an etsy seller now and you want to be an etsy seller for the future that's great but i would i would challenge like etsy is a sales channel if you really want to build like a meaningful brand you'll have multiple sales channels you'll have an etsy sales channel maybe an amazon sales channel maybe your own website sales channel whether it's shopify or something else and maybe yep. a walmart.com sales channel and the point is you have yep. different types of streams right running into your lake and mm-hmm. that's the way that i would it, if i were to start all over again i would probably i would I would welcome this feedback of hey the vision can be you could start an etsy as this sales channel but like know that there's multiple you can kind of tap into few in the future and then you have youtube by the way if you want to do youtube and then And all these other things that kind of compound it with that. What are your thoughts around the sales channel piece? Like being one stream? Yeah.
0: So let, let me, let me kind of do this. If I was starting over like Mm -hmm. right now and I'm going to use an example and it's an example that my wife and I did actually implement, but we just use different channels. Okay. But here's what I would do today with our expertise if I was still in the photography world, okay? My wife and I were photographers. Well, she was the photographer, I was the marketer, and the guy that made all the funny faces behind the camera to make the kids smile. So that was, I used to write that on my W2, make kids laugh. Uh, No, I'm just kidding, but that's what I did. So we ended up turning that into an online business where we were now sharing what we were doing to market our uh, family photography studio. And we were then creating digital downloads for people to use as templates for the, the different things that we were using in our business. And I was selling them on eBay. Okay. And then from there, I went from eBay to where I started selling them on my own website. Then I built out a membership site and built that into a, a pretty mid figure six figure business. Um, I would do the same exact thing, but I would be thinking about it this way now. Okay. I need attention. So let's say I was going to go down the photography world role, you know, or road like, like I did before. I'm going to start a YouTube channel. That's like the first thing I'm going to do. And I'm going to start thinking about the templates that I'm going to sell. I'm going to list them on Etsy. I'm going to do that tandemly, both side by side. Okay. Right. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I know because I've done things in the past. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm using my, my wisdom here of things that I've learned, right? I'm starting on the YouTube side, which is going to take time to build up. But if I follow the same process that this Matthew peach did, right. He's got an audience that he built up over time. He's now driving traffic to his Etsy shop, which is then also fueling the Etsy algorithm to now dominate the woodworking space. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would do those two things side by side. Now you might be saying, well, I don't want to start a YouTube channel or whatever, I would challenge you to, to start a YouTube channel. If it, if it's helpful for your niche, if not, I would start the Etsy stuff, and then I would start looking for influencers that I could tap into their audiences and leverage their audience and maybe work something out where they would get a commission for every sale or something like that. They could become an affiliate, something like that, but that's really what I would do. And I would focus on those two channels because if I do that, YouTube is eventually going to allow me to monetize my content, which is going to build another revenue stream. I'm also going to be able to talk about things that I might not sell right? If I'm a photography, uh, you know, channel, I might not sell cameras. I don't build them and I don't sell them, Mm -hmm. but I could be an affiliate and on a $1,500, $3,000 camera lens, I could get a commission on that. Another revenue stream. So I'm thinking revenue streams. I'm thinking traffic and Etsy is just one leg of that business. Yeah. So that's what I'd be thinking. Now, Am I going to use Everbee to look at the at the, the different digital templates that are selling right now? Yes. Am I going to create those? Yes. That's what I'm going to be doing. So I'm not going to be just blindly going out there and launching products. I'm going to be using the tools yep. and resources that are available to me to make better educated
1: decisions. I love it, man. So methodical. So so thoughtful, man. I, I think it's so much value in there that it probably someone listening to this could probably get a little overwhelmed thinking about all that stuff. And the cool thing about it here is the truth is, is that You don't have to do all that at once. Scott just mentioned it to you in 30 seconds. You know, stuff can happen just piece by piece. You need a product that it's in demand. Step one, right? You need a product. You need something to be able to sell. And then Etsy will give you the platforms in order to facilitate the transaction. Beautiful. Got that covered. Now now Etsy will bring the traffic to you, hopefully with Etsy ads and all this good stuff. Great. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to now do a little extra work, you start br- pouring the gas on it by offering, like building like a YouTube channel or that's probably the best way. I'm not going to say TikTok and all that stuff, even though those are fine too. But the point is like YouTube is the best, but the point is build, start building an audience talking about things that your niche cares about mm-hmm. and repeat, right? You get a su- successful transaction and then it's like, oh wow, double down and then double down yep. and then double down. And pretty soon all these answers, all these kind of crazy overwhelming things they kind of just take care of themselves i swear i don't want to make it sound easy it, but it's so simple it is it it it
0: can sound easy it does take work yes uh so there's a couple things i want to touch on so the first thing is is like yes if you go to etsy the reason why i'm using etsy is because it's it's taking a lot of the heavy lifting and putting it on them right they have the platform they have the traffic they have the the website to create the listings, which are very affordable. They have the marketing tools baked right in, right? So if someone favorites an item, they'll get an email from Etsy, from them. They'll get in the, uh, if someone abandons the cart, they'll get a notification. Hey, you want trust. 10% off? You know, All of that stuff. So mm-hmm. all that stuff's built in. The Etsy ads platform is built in. So you'd be crazy not to start there, right? And build mm-hmm. that out. But the next thing you're gonna need is traffic. So that's why I'd be slowly in the background building up my traffic source. So and the on. reason why I'm picking... Yeah, my own. And the reason why I'm choosing YouTube over TikTok or Instagram or Snapchat or any of those is because those are short term. Those those have short shelf lives, right? We've all seen it, right? Instagram, it's there one day, it's gone the next. Snapchat, same thing. And TikTok, same thing, right? You can build up an audience there of a million people. They're not going to really do anything because they're just there to watch these little bingeable little pieces of content. But YouTube is an evergreen platform. Okay. So an evergreen platform, meaning I put a video up today. I could get someone that watches it today. I can get someone who watches it a year from now, five years from now, because it's in my library. And when someone starts to consume my content, they're going to get suggested my other content and then it's going to keep them into my circle. And then from there, I'm going to build up that traffic source, which is going to fuel everything, everything, um, building the email list. We didn't even really talk about that. When I build, when I'm building a, a channel there, I'm building on Etsy. And I'm building it off of Etsy. I'm still collecting emails and I'm building that to get that thing to be bigger. So that way there, when I do have a product launch, just like we talked about earlier, I can go ahead and flood it with sales and I'll immediately start ranking. Right. So everything just compounds on itself. One step at a time, choose the niche, make sure it's, you know, validated, um, and kind of go from there.
1: man so much value. Um, I'm sure we could talk all day and we need to have you on again to probably talk about the email specific, like email tactics and stuff like that too.
0: Yeah. Um, we can go through promotions and strategies and, and all of that stuff. One thing I would say too, just for anyone that is, is maybe on Etsy right now and they, they are started and maybe they are even getting some steady sales or, you know, somewhat steady sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I want to say this cause this is something that was, I think eye opening to me but now i see it and also i talk to other people that are successful etsy sellers uh you know we have a mutual friend uh you know steven uh yep. and awesome one thing that i'm hearing over and over and over again is that etsy is great but q4 is going to be your best best months ever so you can pr- and i don't even want to say this but i'm going to say it anyway you could probably Take the entire year off, but fourth quarter, as long as you've backfilled with all of that stuff, and probably do a sizable amount of money mm-hmm. on just Q4. Now, does that mean you just launch stuff in November? No, you want to start putting stuff maybe for the you know the fourth quarter in July and August, and like, mm-hmm. start backfilling it for Halloween and start backfilling it for Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. you know all of the all of the the major holiday points there for the fourth quarter. But if someone is listening and they're a little discouraged because you know, maybe their sales aren't where they are. You might want to look at seasonality and just say, maybe Q4 is your months. And maybe you Mm -hmm. just got to kind of hang out for that. But in the meantime, you could be building your own sales channel and your own traffic channel, because that's going to fill in the times when people are just on Etsy searching for gifts. Yep. Exactly. I love that. man.
1: So where can people find you? You know, so
0: They can go to brandcreators.com. That's the website. They can go on YouTube and search brand creators there. They'll find us there. We do two videos a week, and then we do a live on every Wednesday, which actually is the podcast, and we answer live Q&A there as well. So yeah, that's where you can find us.
1: I love it, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Seriously, again. um, Dude, man, thanks for
0: having me. It's always great talking. And one of these days, we got to do one of these in person.
1: I can't wait for that, actually. North Carolina? South Carolina north
0: south carolina but i'm real close to north carolina i'm near, I'm near charlotte
1: okay yeah. we're moving to texas um depending on when you're listening to this uh but yeah moving to texas actually in two weeks from now i heard that yeah that's crazy we'll be, we'll be closer yeah. to you just another yeah, another yeah yeah you won't be that long of a flight my daughter
0: might actually do some beach volleyball out in texas so maybe if we do something there we can kind of schedule it and maybe get together
1: did that be so fun let's do it um yeah. thank you again man seriously appreciate it so much so many people got so much value out of this podcast and, uh, just appreciate you seriously.
0: Well, I appreciate you for doing all that you do for the community. And, uh, I just, I'm glad that you have a platform to kind of educate and, and really help people and steer them in the right direction. And hopefully I've, I've done that today or helped with that as well. Totally. So no, nah, man, we're thanks, blessed man. for
1: sure. Oh, thank you. Um, cool, man. I'll talk to you soon.